No, recording. Okay. Hi, welcome back to a new episode of Pit Talk. In this episode, we're going to talk about the France and the Hungarian Grand Prix. I'm Bo. I'm Pia. And I'm Zainab. Today we're going to discuss two Grand Prix with the exact same podium. Um, yeah, and it, so what were like the differences, but what do these two Grand Prix have in common? Um, definitely in common the podium, which was obviously a Verstappen Hamilton Russell. So two Mercedes, one Red Bull. Almost feels like back in 2022, 2021. Um, I wanted to say the exact same thing. This gave me these two races gave me such flashbacks to how the whole last yeah. year was. But it's so much more like this season. So. Yeah. Just again, some issues with Ferrari. Yeah. Different issues, however, this time instead of last year. Very yeah. different. But yeah, I think we can discuss a bit about Ferrari and their weird strategy calls. Let's say, let's try to be nice and say, weird. <laughs> um, I'm trying not to be mean, but I think we can all agree with the last race, especially Hungary, that in my opinion, I did not understand their strategy at all. Neither. Yeah. It wasn't even in the, you know how they do that little graphic, like, at the yeah, start of each yeah, race, yeah. saying what the predicted strategies are. It wasn't even in that predicted strategy right. thing. The part wasn't working. Like, we saw it on the Alpines. They were one and a half seconds slower. They were gonna get passed by Aston Martin and Haas. I mean, in the end, the one stop turned out well for them. They finished 8th and ninth. So it wasn't too bad, but a two-stop with medium, medium, hard wasn't the thing to do. Let's try to be nice. And then he had another stop because the hards were not working. Because as you could have seen with other cars, they didn't heat up fast enough. So they weren't working in your favor at all for going the distance. Did you know that? Hamilton has more podiums than Leclerc this season. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. No, I that did not so get bad that. For him. Me too. You want to know um, what I find? Talking about France, it was his own fault. Yeah. But Hungary, I think he was the fastest man on track. Yeah. The, hard, the hardest thing with losing is especially if you cannot do anything about it. You get these strategies. I think he was quite him, surprised himself too because he asked for... He didn't ask for another yeah. medium, I think. He already wanted hard. No, and then I, you just I think, lose... I think it's partly his fault. I mean, it's something a driver shouldn't really have to think about. But... If your team's going to tell you, yeah, we're going to do medium, medium, hard during the race, you're going to be like, no, I'm not going to do that. We're going to extend the stint on the mediums until we can take softs. I think, like, as a driver, you also have to discuss, even 
during the race, you think still should dis be able to discuss it with your engineers. So I think it was partly his fault, but it's it's basically it's not his job. So the team should provide him the best strategy and yeah. But still, there is like he should still discuss like science is sometimes doing no. I'm not like he was saying no. I'm not gonna box. Uh, and I think this is what Leclerc should also do. Didn't science get the soft? Oh, sorry. Sorry. I think part of the problem with Leclerc is his loyalty to Ferrari. Yeah. I think because yeah. they've done so much for him, obviously being part of the Driver Academy, um, what's his name? John Tott funded his career here, and so did uh, Gilles Bianchi. So he obviously feels like... I don't know, a sense of loyalty to Ferrari and I feel like it's really hard for him to do what Sainz is doing and just say no. So he has that kind of internal battle kind of thing going on as well. But if he wants to win championships, there needs something to fun fundamentally change in Ferrari and he has to be part of the change or he will have to leave the team to actually win a championship. And it's not really that uncommon for drivers just to say, I don't agree. Because I remember Lewis Hamilton doing the same last year with his tires. He was like, no, yeah. I'm not pitting. You have to pit. No, I don't have to. Yeah. I'm not pitting for three laps. Exactly. Like in the end, you're, like the pit crew can't go on track and just pit you. You have to come into the pits by yourself. So there's like the, the last decision is obviously the driver. So... Yeah. And I, I also mean, think they discussed this with the driver too, strategies, because did. you can't go into a race without knowing what everything means. I mean, they have plan A, B, C, D, E. They do have five plans, and none of them seems to work. Like, you know, Hannah Schmitz from Red Bull, she said they don't have that many plans, but they still nailed their strategy almost every time. Rappel wanted to start on hearts in Hungary, but then they saw they didn't have any grip, so they, like half an hour before the race, they changed everything and decided to start on soft. And I think that's what what your team should be doing. So listening to your drivers and also actually discussing strategies with them and talking about what which what they prefer and what they like so yeah now we say it quite civil <laughs> yeah it's it's hard but i feel ju I think... it just makes me feel a bit bad for charles because he's really trying but it's just not Anything he does at the moment is just against him. Definitely. I do feel bad for him as well, but I don't really I don't really know. It's it's hard to actually judge from the outside as well. Yeah. So maybe talking about something better, the George Russell poll, no one actually expected to happen this season Mercedes is going doing great the last couple of races yeah yeah they really turned that car around they did I think they're now actually understanding their car and 
it's not like maybe it works, maybe it doesn't. <laughs> they, they they understand it, and now they can develop it, and we all know how good Mercedes are. So I think they'll for sure win a race in the second half of the season. There is only thirty points now between Mercedes and Ferrari. And see Ferrari finish third in the constructors with yeah. the probably best current yeah. grid, like not from reliability but from pure speed. Performance, like, yeah. Performance wise, it's the best car on the grid. So and I can see them finish third in the championship. You know what I'm hating this year? The TV coverage. Why is it so bad? It is so bad. It, it is. Like, I I think like the most that the, the phrase or commentator in Austria used the most during like the Hungarian Grand Prix especially was like, I don't want to see this. I want to see that battle. I want to see that car because yeah. that was like the important thing right now and they weren't, weren't showing it. So I think like every two minutes you heard him say, no, I, d- I don't want to see that car. I want to see that battle which is going on. But it was like sometimes in a little screen on the side on the where you see all the times. Yeah. But most of the time they were showing something which wasn't really important and missed out on the really important stuff. So You know what I noticed a lot with that? That they mostly show the top five a lot. Yeah. yeah. Like, but they don't always have a battle. And yeah. then you miss the midfield. Like the midfield's also important. It is. But like they're only showing there are like... even battle, good battles outside the top ten, which aren't four points, but they're still valid battles. Exactly. Yeah, and they're also really not. In, in Hungary, um, both Seb and Pierre, I think they both made up about seven or eight places each, and we saw like maybe one of those overtakes, if any. Yeah. I mean, they the only actual thing I can remember that happened out that was showed outside of the top 10 was when Ricardo hit Stroll. Yeah. And I think everything else they showed was was in the points, but sometimes also from 11 to 20 something special or interesting happens. I mean, you never know if that's not also an interesting battle, and usually the top three or five are just driving, driving around by themselves. Yeah. Especially at the end, Max had like a 10 second lead, I think. I still yeah, saw Max I, on the I, screen. I, I, I was like, I think, he'll, I think he'll win. Yeah. You know, with two laps to go, I think the 10 second safety car. Yeah. You don't have to show him then for, for me. I mean, it's nice to see him when he crosses the finish line. Okay, th- that's okay. But if there's a battle going on for sixth place, I don't care about seeing the winner cross the la- cross like the f- start-finish line. I want to see the battle. So, yeah, it, it's just weird at this stage. And I, I wonder, because did we have that last year too? Like... Last year you had such a battle at front, so I get that you always show the front because Max and Lewis were so close every race. But now I feel like 
now you don't have now you don't really have that battle every time anymore but i still see the same drivers yeah i mean at the beginning of the season we had some battles for the lead as well but now we don't really have battles for the lead like also in hungary at the start george was just going off and the ferraris were following him I mean, then they showed Max and Checo, who did some amazing overtakes, which was valid, because I think there was the best part about the race at that time. So, yeah, but, like, last year, I think they showed more midfield battles last year. Yeah. So. McLaren double points in France. Trey? Did they? I think P7 <laughs> and P9, maybe? Something like that, yeah. Oh, wait, let me... I have zero memory. I watched it at my niece and her husband. And uh, I always um, get in conversations with her husband because he used to do karting. So we're normally just talking about strategy and everything, but he hates France. <laughs> so he doesn't. Oh yeah, seven uh, and eight. Seven and seven, Samuel P9. And then the Alpines above. Looks like Alpine is gonna beat McLaren this year. Yeah. I don't think there's much of a battle for um, Alpine. <laughs> What? <laughs> I am back like since Sunday I could watch the race at home from a vacation. Any day after, everything just broke loose, I think. Like it was Tuesday that they announced Oscar. Yeah. I don't know what happened to Alpine, but. It started at the beginning. Seb is retiring. Oh. I don't want that. <laughs> Me neither. Me neither. I saw that notification like Sebastian Vettel's joined Instagram and I was like, oh, that's so nice. Five minutes later, I didn't think it was that nice anymore. Yep. It was tough. It's, it still is. It still hurts. I do get it because the Aston Martin card this year I remember him saying last year he wanted to go for midfield. Yeah. Like he wa he wanted to battle and now that you look at the Aston Martin of this year, you're not really having that much of a battle again. They've dropped quite below. So I do get as someone who's a full-time world champion who also really likes to race. It's sometimes you want to race for points like Fernando Alonso. Yeah. And I think Who's... he wants to spend time with his kids and with like a calendar with 23 races. You're not really yeah. at home that much. And I do think he's a family person. So you can see it on him with everything he does outside of uh, Formula One when he's um, and what he's supporting all around the world. Yeah. I just hope he will provide us some content on Instagram and then create 
contest for <laughs> for that one announcement. Yeah. And then Fernando replacing him without any hey, discussion. Did you watch the, the German announcement as well? Yeah. I think there was even I watched more both, just to see if they'd be different, but they're pretty much the same. They're I think exactly the same, but yeah. the German one is, is even more even more sad than the English one. Yeah, because he's not reading it off a script in that. It's just I don't know. It's obviously because it's his first language, it's more natural. Yeah. I mean Seb speaks great English, especially for German. Yeah. But yeah, his German statement just feels much more personal for me. Yeah. So yeah, Alonso replacing him at Aston Martin. Which That was very unexpected. Yeah, no I mean I know I've read somewhere that Seb suggested Mick as a replacement. But honestly I don't see a Schumacher stroll pairing working. Because yeah. I don't see like the lead driver in the team. And I think a team like needs a strong independent driver and I don't think that either Stroll or Schumacher are experienced enough or have like the right personality to really be the team leader. So yeah. I don't think that would have worked well. So and I I do think like you know, I'm a Stroll fan, so I think he can learn a lot from Alonso. And Alonso can also I mean he's been in Formula One longer than I'm alive, so he knows a lot about the sport and I think he can really help them grow and help them develop, so we'll see. I, I still have hope in Aston Martin. Speaking of Stroll, I think I know obviously it's his dad's team, but I think if he really wants to become successful in Formula One, he's eventually going to have to leave that team. Which is something I don't think his dad will ever want to happen but I think yeah in order for him to have a successful long career he's gonna have to leave that team yeah I think Esther Martin needs like another five to ten years to really get where they want to be yeah so I mean he's what he's 23 something like that so Five years, he's 28. He can still win races and world championships then. But, yeah, we will... He will have to leave if he wants that to be earlier. And I I do think his 2022 season has been good. I mean, his qualifying sucks, we'll know that. It has always, except for when it's rainy and slippery, then he's good in qualifying, but unlike normal conditions, his qualifying sucks. But he has like the most overtakes this season so far, and I, I do, he's yeah. been very really consistent from P8 to P12, which, yeah, I think that's the range where you put an Aston Martin this season. He is doing quite good. Yes, the Aston Martin's not the best car to be in at all but he is doing yeah. if you look at last year i think he yeah, every year he's getting better yeah I, I do think his 
by now, his 2020 season has been his best. Also with the pole and the two podiums, obviously. I mean, the yeah. racing point that year was the fourth best car in the grid. Yeah. I mean, then it's easier to achieve those things. But like last year, I think he was more consistent than Seb. I mean, Seb had higher highs, but also lower lows. Yeah. And I think this year he really has it to outperform Seb. Maybe because Seb lacks motivation. We don't know. Could be possible. But I do think like he's very consistent and his race pace looks really good. And I do think he would have beaten Seb if Ricardo wouldn't have spun him. Yeah. Speaking of Ricardo, what do you think is going to happen with him with the whole Alpine, McLaren, everything? I think he'll stay at McLaren, honestly. I think he'll leave. I, mean, I, do think... I don't think he will leave, I think he'll be forced to leave. Maybe. I don't know. I, I want him to stay. But I do think that McLaren is a bit toxic around him. Because it just doesn't yeah. perform at the level they want him to perform. And at the level we know he can perform, so... Uh, I no, have a bit mixed on that. I still think I get that. You know, of, of course McLaren is favoring Lando Norris. I, I think we can call it that now. But if you look back on it, teams normally do that when they have a first and second driver. Yeah. That's the thing. You design your car around the person, the driver that performs the best. It's like with Red Bull with Max yeah. Verstappen. It was with Mercedes with Hamilton. And now that they've seen what Lando does, it's around Lando. So I do think from McLaren that's a good move. It, it sucks for Ricardo. But he's been at that McLaren now for a year and a half. I think they initially brought him in to become the new team leader and to teach yeah. Lando all the important yeah. things, which he definitely failed to do. So... I'd be sad to see him go, but it yeah. wouldn't it wouldn't shock me if McLaren does yeah. say we want Oscar Piastri, with the rumors that are now going on, of course, around everything. Honestly, I do think for Oscar Alpine would be the better choice because right now they're the stronger team. So... They are, but I don't. <laughs> Looking yeah. at what Oscar wrote, I don't think he will choose Alpine again. Yeah. But it, Maybe you know, if they might, didn't. He might be forced to go to Alpine. He um, might be. There's a thing I was reading today. Yeah, and it, the same kind of thing happened in 2004 to Jensen. And basically, he, want, he wanted to leave CAR to go to Williams. And uh, basically, they kind of like took it to the FIA kind of like board and they forced him to stay. So I think that might happen with Piastri. Yeah. I mean, we didn't know the contract. And I do think if he writes that confidently that he will 
not race for them. I think that him and Weber have checked the contract also with some lawyers. So I mean, it, it can still happen, sure. But I don't know. I would much rather see him at Alpine than at McLaren. I'm trying to see if he already has a contract for many years, but it doesn't say. Um, like if he has a, a... But I think if he now goes to Alpine, it would be a really weird relationship. Yeah. You don't know, because there could also be a misunderstanding just happening, and it was brought out really weird. Weird timing, weird everything. But there is a summer break, so you never know what they talk about in that summer break. Yeah. yeah. And if he does get a seat, and he can't get it at any other team, he might as well try it. I mean, he definitely should. Because I think there I... is like no driver outside of one who would deserve a seat more than him. Yeah. I, I agree. I think that McLaren is probably the better choice just because Lando has more has quite a lot of um, experience with the team in like in the highs and the lows. But yeah, Esteban has experience, but I think Lando is probably a better kind of mentor. I don't know. I think I mean the best thing for him would have been probably Alonso the other driver yeah. at Alpine. But yeah, I mean Arkan has that huge deal with Alpine, so this was never a thing. And and I mean I, I do get French driver at a French team makes perfect sense. It's also good for sponsors. Definitely. And for yeah. Especially for in France, where I think motorsport is still a big thing. Like having a French team with a French driver. It's the perfect combination. And Akan is a good driver, no doubt. Yeah. Also, like coming back to McLaren's side of this, they could also benefit from this because I feel like they are with, with Lando, they're. They're solid, they're always like trying to perform better and better. But for Daniel, you always hear bad publicity. And not not necessarily that something bad has happened, but just that's always the same. It's like, yeah, we're still trying to get out everything out of him. He's still needing to get better. And it's not always what you want to hear media-wise on your team reflecting. Yeah. So it could also be for I just Brown has been really harsh on Ricardo. They have been. In media wise. Media was is not good for Ricardo because they're always judging him, and there's always so much criticism from outside, mostly from people who don't know how it's like to be in a car. But I wouldn't be surprised if that is one of the reasons they also say maybe a new person is also good because look what we got out of Lando, he was also young. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's a hard decision to. Are you gonna give Ricardo a third chance to perform? 
Um, are you gonna go for the new talent that's has that that has promised so much in his junior careers? You know, if I'm not sure if they're gonna do that, but he has a contract for next year. So there needs to be something done with that contract that could be money-wise, that he gets like money for not driving the next year. Or he gets another seat. Because you can't just say bye. You can't. I've already He's... seen some people suggest uh, him at Haas. And then Mick to Alpine. I don't. I I can't remember where they put Mick, but yeah, I think Mick to Alpine and Piastri to McLaren. From I mean... what I've heard, I think there's something in the McLaren, both the McLaren contracts, which means that if McLaren wants, they can put them in one of McLaren Racing's other teams, like IndyCar or like Extreme E or something. No, they yeah. do join. From the beginning of the season, I think that McLaren will put Ricardo in their Formula E team. Yeah. But, yeah, actually, I didn't really think about it when Ricardo. I could like, see him doing well in IndyCar. I mean, he lost the States, so. But then again, they already have two drivers for IndyCar. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know the contracts, but I I would say more likely Formula E than IndyCar. I think so too. And I mean Ricardo would bring a lot of popularity to Formula E. Yeah. But they had to kick out either De Vries or Van Dorn. Um Mercedes is not keeping his team. Yeah. It was the McLaren last bought it. Yeah, I but I think keeping the drivers. I don't. I think the bridge will go to F one. So I think so, I think so too. I think, I think they will keep Van Dorn because Van Dorn has driven for as well. See, maybe a Van Dorn Ricardo lineup in Formula E, but I don't know. Hasn't Ricardo think... like had this statement where he said he's gonna stay in Formula One with McLaren for twenty twenty three? But that was before all of this. Yeah, but yeah, but it was after all the rumors. It is. I'm still waiting for McLaren's official official statement. statement. Me too. Yeah. I do think um, with the announcement of today of Williams that Latifi will go. Yeah. Well, I only announced one yeah. driver, and make such a big deal out of it. I, I think, think the next one will be Logan Sargent. I think Logan Sargent needs one more year in Formula 2. Maybe they'll put him they for one year. Or maybe two if Logan needs another year. I mean, I, I, can, I think the Williams seat will be decided very late in the season. I mean, if yeah. Sargent wins F2, which is still possible, they will take him because he can't race in Formula 2 anymore. But I don't think if he doesn't win F2, which is the more likely case, I think yeah. they'll go for someone else.
maybe the I think freeze. they will go for I think they will go for the freeze mostly because he's been with he wanted to go to Formula One, but he didn't have the financial support. So he went to Formula E and yeah. he's been with McL- McLaren. Mercedes. <laughs> but he's also, from what I've seen, he comes to F1 races with Toto and he's always been watching. So I think they do favor him. And Williams is, of course, their close team for like with AlphaTauri and then they have always Williams yeah. for Mercedes. So I think I think there is 75% it will be the freeze. What's going to happen in Sanford then? In Sanford? It's going to be as crazy about the freeze as there about Verstappen. You know what the thing is? They probably are because Dutch people just love to support their country um, in everything. You see it in dots. We have some big dots. Um, Spoilers. They also go everywhere for them. Uh, ice skating. The, the Dutch always follow. It's like this pride for not. I don't know. It's just, and they bring always everything to it. But you also have the Dutch fans who just enjoy atmosphere and aren't complete idiots sometimes. That's like one percent of the group we do not want to associate with, um, in my opinion. But you always have them in in every sport in the Netherlands. You always have this weird group that's like five percent big. So what I wanted that's... to say, I was more like no, but we have something. I think they Max will always. For me, I watch because of Max. I yeah. loved his driving style from the beginning. Yes, he's hot-headed. Yes, he was still a teenager back then, and you saw that. But he come a long way, and for, for me, his driving style fits with what I like to see. You will also have Dutch people that do not like Max's attitude, and will probably favor De Vries, because that's yeah. how the Dutch also can be. <laughs> yeah. So I, I mean, think, think it will be fine. The people in front of us were Dutch Hamilton fans. I have some. Really, it, in my, I don't know. <laughs> it took some time I have to actually understand friend. that these people <laughs> were wearing Hamilton merch and speaking Dutch. My niece, she is a Hamilton fan, and I was there yeah, she, because mean, now she lives in Spain. Everyone should support who they like. And if it's not the driver from your country, that's perfectly fine. I mean, I don't have a driver from my country, I just have a team, and I know a lot of Austrians who are not Red Bull fans. Yeah. In the UK, it's really weird, because obviously we have so much choice in terms of, like, home drivers and home teams. But, like, when you actually go to Silverstone or something, like, it's just, like, uh, it's so weird because you'll have like quite a lot of people who are Hamilton fans and then you'll have quite a few Norris fans and then everyone else is either Ferrari or um, Red Bull fans and that's pretty much it. And then you'll see like that one person dressed in some kind of other merch. And like, I don't know, the George people tend to be grouped in with the Lewis fans, but that's kind of it. 
And then everyone just ignores that Albon is British. <laughs> like when you go to the Austrian Grand Prix, the majority is dressed in Max or Red Bull. Then you got a lot of Hamilton fans and a lot of Ferrari fans. And all the Germans are either Tab or Mick fans. Like that's basically yeah. and I've seen some Norris t shirts. And a few McLaren, but that's all I've seen uh, at the Austrian Grand Prix, and I've been there Thursday to Sunday. I haven't seen any. Oh, I've seen one guy in a Magnuson Haas shirt. I haven't seen a awesome. single Alpine shirt. I've seen them on the like in the shops, but no one wearing it. Not anyone wearing them. I've seen like one or two people wearing Alphatori. Even though Alphatori has an Austrian team principal, so does Mercedes, and Mercedes is like the most hated team in Austria. I mean, we there are quite a few Mercedes fans. Also, the Red Bull Ring. I think there were even more than the last years. But yeah, I mean, it's Austria. Most of them were here for Max. So. I and mean, I last year we them. drove to. <laughs> Last year at the camping, I I asked like the people who own the camping, I was like, how many people here are Dutch? And they were like 80%. <laughs> they were actually happy that my dad and me were from Aust- at the Austrian Grand Prix from Austria. Same this year. Uh, yeah, I do remember that from last year. Because when we got there... We we didn't have anybody from Austria or Germany at the campsite. We just had all Dutchies, and it was like, "You want a beer?" Why they don't label stuff in Dutch? Because it would make so much more sense than to label all the things in German. And I think labeling things at an international event in German is really stupid because most people. I mean, if you label it in English, it's fine because then everybody can understand it. But all the things were labeled in German. So I mean, label it in Dutch, then the majority can understand. It. German? Well, the, there are a lot of Dutch people that understand German. I am halfly yeah. one of them. I cannot speak a word. Yeah, I can order a beer and uh, some food, but I'm not <laughs> But the rest of it, no. I, I have dyslexia, so I was really bad in languages anyway. I mean, German sucks as a language. <laughs> Dutch, too. I still don't yeah, get it. I think you're- they used to be the same language until like 1000 past Christ, something like that. So they originate from the same. Yeah, and then you have like, you were so off topic, but okay. You have like the Netherlands, that used to be three countries in one, and that wasn't the Netherlands. And now we have like Belgium below. And sometimes we, <laughs> we take that to heart. Like with the Eurovision, they don't give us points. Me and my mom, we will always be like, you used to be called the Netherlands, you know. You can give us points. That's also, like... I mean, it's the same with Germany and Austria. We're just, like, like their little sibling for them. So, I mean, they think we're cute, and they think we're talking cute. And we just usually hate on them. (laughs) We have that with Belgium. I mean, we do Especially claim the that roads. Bavaria is basically Austria. <laughs> I 
Uh, same with Scythiral, which was Austria until World War One, but never mind. Yeah. No, the thing but, I always say is Belgium has such bad roads. Because they do. <laughs> they have such bad roads. Like when we go from the Netherlands to Belgium, we immediately know we're in Belgium. But it's also a thing that we always say because of that. There is not another word. It's just, no, they just have bad roads. That's all we like have to say. The only reason for Austrians to go to Germany yeah. is to drive on motorway, motorways without speed limit. Like there's literally no other reason. That's fair. Best thing. <laughs> okay, anyway. but so off topic. <laughs> I think we did have an we hour doing off topic. I think that's a new record. It is. Okay. Anyway. Back to the thing. Let's go to France, if some if you still remember it, because it slipped through my mind a bit. Because we've been talking about Hungary. We went off topic. Yeah. We talked about Charles of France. And Did we miss things with France? Uh, uh, silly season. So, let's see. What happened at France? Charles did made a mistake, which cost him the win there because he was comfortably in the lead. He was. Matt wasn't really yeah. looking. Look, Max. Yeah, just didn't have the pace. I thought Zhao also did not finish. I thought really? we had five DNFs. Yeah, we had quite a few in France. Yeah, but here's... I, mean, uh, I think it was the weirdest thing about France. Or actually the Leclerc crash is... Max was basically in his gearbox for the first laps. Then when Max pitted and tried, to, tried the undercut, that's when Charles crashed, which... No. I think it's a bit weird. I mean, I just don't like France as a track. I think it's most of the time quite boring. I, Sorry, I really like, like the layered and the colors. But like as a track, I think it's good no. for testing. That's what, is, that's what it was built for. I think if we do pre-season testing there, fine. But racing. I want to move it back to Magnico. Yeah, Magnico or even Le Mans. I think Le Mans. I don't know if it's long enough. I think it might be too long for F one regulations. I can't remember. I don't think it fits their requirement. Track like not the twenty four hour layout. They have like another track. Well, yeah, the other layout. I don't yeah. think it does. I don't think it's grade one FIA. It's I think not. it might be grade two. I can't remember. I don't know. MotoGP races there. I mean, it's it's not FIA, obviously, but I do think it it was, but I don't think they're going to put it back on the calendar. Yeah, they 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 used to race there. But I mean, if we go to Vegas, China, and South Africa next year, they have to drop 
other races out of the calendar. And I don't mind if France is one of them. I mean, we should have a French Grand Prix. There are two French drivers and one French team on the grid. So... But, I mean, if it's not grade one, it's not worth a discussion because then F1 obviously can't race there. I do fear for some of the tracks right now on the calendar. I do fear for Spa. I think Spa won't. I think this was... The next race is Spa and I think it will be its last. I hate to say it, but I think so too. It would and explain why they made... Right. I mean, I think there are a few races that should always be in the F1 calendar, and Spa is one of them. I agree. I do think, was it last year that they did the changes to the track for the MotoGP? Or wasn't it after last year's race? Yeah, it was, I think, in the winter break. Yeah, I think so. And they also that would explain the race that to make it more safe. Yeah. Could be because they already knew. And they set their money on MotoGP. Yeah, but your Red Bull ring did also do some... Say no. <laughs> I mean, your Red Bull ring also changed. Like, they, they built another chicane after turn two. Yeah, that's true. For MotoGP, so... And F1 is still going to be there. I mean, they still have a contract until 2026, I think. So, I think that doesn't have to mean anything, and having another big event like MotoGP will definitely benefit um, the track. So, I think making changes for MotoGP or just adaptions is is a nice thing to do, but doesn't mean that it will it will leave and that there won't be a one anymore. So, yeah, I mean we will have to wait uh, and see. I've seen some leaked stuff on TikTok. Yeah, but I saw economy. that too, and, and it that included a, like. From the logistics, it was a disaster because, like, what I remember, it was Miami, Singapore, Austria, which is like three races on three continents. I think they really need to. I get that you always have like the weather and everything to always think about. I mean, with spa, it was a bad time for spa in the weather, but you can Singapore in March because that's when when it rains there. The whole thing was just. They, like Singapore and the Chinese Grand Prix and the Japanese Grand Prix, you can do all them together. That's close. I mean, not as close as Europe, obviously. But that would make sense. And also do uh, Canada, Cota, Miami, Vegas, uh, Brazil, Mexico, Mexico, Brazil. You can do them all. I mean, I mean everyone in- tries to be more eco-friendly and that they are traveling from one continent to another. I don't get why they just don't start with Austria. Austria. Australia. 
Because Australia is, of it's course... Bahrain pays for it to be the season opener. What was I pointing at? Oh, yeah. Why not just go from right to left? Because, because Bahrain pays to be the season opener. And Abu Dhabi pays to be the season end. I hate money sometimes. Because it's just... Yeah. Doesn't make any sense for the rest. Mm. But then again, going from Miami to what was the next race after Miami? Don't you remember? Yeah, like this year it was all European races, then Miami, oh. and then back in Europe. We went from Imola to Miami to Spain to Monaco. And then from Baku to Canada to. Just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, now we went from Spain to Monaco, which is fine. Yep. Then to Baku, then to Canada, and then to Silverstone. Yeah, they're just throwing it I around. Mean, Silverstone, Austria, France, Hungary. That's fine. I mean, Austria, Hungary, and then France would be... Yeah, but... No, it's... And also, it's Belgium, Netherlands, Italy. That's fine for me. Then... Singapore, Japan. Yeah, I mean, it's not close, but it's close enough. Then Kota, Mexico, Brazil. Perfect, I think. I mean, That's good. And then Abu Dhabi, okay. I mean, it's the last race of the season. And they pay a lot of money for it. I would still wish yeah. it would be Brazil, but it's not. goes off the calendar, that means that probably Zandvoort will be the first one after the summer break. Or Monza. That could be. I think it will be, it will be Zandvoort. Which I is... think they're going to shove it. Yeah, probably. Up, up back. I mean, I, I still miss the German Grand Prix as well. That would be nice to come back. They're such great tracks. Yeah. It's actually, they have like three tracks I think they could use for Formula One and they're just not using them. Yeah. I mean, I do get Germany that they are not paying millions of euros to host an F1 race. They have the one of Sandford could have been cancelled. Yeah, because what many people don't, many people don't notice, but um, the track of Zandvoort, it lays in um, a restricted area, and there are a lot of animals around there. And they don't want, and there are groups people that don't want to endanger the animals. So they've been trying to lawsuit the track for years and now. To be honest, um, Zandvoort is just in the calendar for Max. Yeah, but that's also why it's just the reason it stays because of the money, and they're trying to. Really okay. do it. So for another year, they pushed it away. But next year, it will come up again because it's not settled. Yeah. But they are allowed to do this year's race, just like they were allowed to do last year's race. So this is going on for like two years now. I know. And it will go to the third year, but it only stays like in the Netherlands. You sometimes hear it off the news because I was just watching the news and I, I suddenly heard the race continues. And I was like, the race continues. I paid a lot of money. It better continues. So, yeah, there are a lot of um, problems around the Dutch track. I honestly have never heard of that before. 
I don't think it hits the news that much in outside of Netherlands. I don't think it did last year at all. No. But there were really troubles. And there are now. They're still trying to do it. It's not really a secret. It's just not... They're just not putting it out there. But it's not kept a secret because then we wouldn't know it either. They've announced this lawsuit. Last year, I think. And they've also announced it will come back next year. Okay. I mean, I think as long as Max races... They want to keep it. They get so much money out of this. And the first year, of course, uh, was tough because not everybody was allowed to go. Um, And the next one, this one, sold out so fast. It was insane. There was literally a wait list. And you just needed to have some luck. Like, I'm not even trying to get tickets for 2023 because I just think it's impossible. And... Like, for me, mm. traveling to the Netherlands is super expensive, and I'd, I'd much rather go to Austria and Hungary. So do two races, and it will probably cost me the same amount of money than just going to the Dutch Grand It is expensive, because we got, um, we got lucky, because there wasn't an extra opener for tickets, because we actually didn't have tickets. We just got them afterwards because there were still some left. And those were, I'm not going to say the price, but I'm going to give a range, over 500 euros and per ticket. Have, I already got per ticket. for Austria 2023. And I'm, I'm sitting on the max stage, like not the middle one. The Red Bull. But, yeah, Red Bull. Mm-hmm. And I paid half. I they are gold tickets because there weren't any others left. Uh, it's on the straight, so I did get they were expensive. Yeah, I mean start finish and turn one in Austria is also more than five hundred euros. This one too, but yeah. they go by a color, and there are more golden places you can buy, which aren't on the straight. Really okay. depends. And then, like in Austria, we don't have like those colors. Like all this, the oh. grandstands are named different. So they are named and they have colors. So you have like bronze, silver, and gold, and then you have VIP. That's okay. how we roll. And then and we just have, like, you have to a camping. Yeah. I remember last year the camping was for what we got. I must say, it wasn't shocking. I was not surprised. And I thought it was actually a fair amount of money. Because we put out our bus. We had a big bus. We had like a Ford Transporter. We had a party tent. And we had a normal tent we slept in. So we had like quite a couple of meters just for ourselves. I think we had and about, electricity. We had about 30 to 40 square meters. We parked two cars, had a party tent, had two normal tents where we slept in, and still some room left, and electricity, and all, obviously, like, we could visit the washrooms and stuff, and we paid 120 per person, we from pay... Thursday to Monday. We were with four, and we paid around 350, so I think, like, a little 400 per person. Yeah, like we paid 120 also for people, and we paid 120 each. 
which I think is fine. I don't mind the 120, but right now with I love the Netherlands, I'm never going back to Sandford again. Because I'm paying 200 euros. I'm not even ashamed of this. I'm paying 200 euros for an empty spot, which is not even that big. My tent barely fits. We measured it. It's not going to fit, actually. Not the original. Yeah, because it's quite a big tent. I already knew that, but it, normally it's fine. But you have a limited space, and you have no electricity sources. No, none. You can you can rent some electricity, like um, where you always charge your phone with when you don't have a charger. You always have that thing. I can't come up with the name. Yeah, I mean that you can rent. That you can rent, so I have to pay for that, of course. Um, to actually think, maybe I can, you know, get my bets with it. So I'm just going to be really, really nice to some people who do have electricity. Going to offer them a bail free. And say, you want to come by, but I do want to, like, have a bet. Yeah, like, I'm going to make some great friends there, I hope, because I don't have it. And I'm not paying it 200 euros more to actually oh. get it for a better sleeping space. It's Anyways, we should bring this we should. to an end. We should. <laughs> Frustration <laughs> came out. Yeah, that was our Hungary and France episode. We didn't really talk about the races, but I think we covered some other nice stuff. We did. Uh, don't forget to check out our socials. It's pitdoc.podcast. And yeah, don't forget to come back for the next episode.